listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. All right, Jay, you know what it is. It's The Sizzle back in the building, talking Chicago sports, a lot to digest going on in Chicago. You got the White Sox, you've got the Sky, you've got the Bulls, and you even had a little Cubs talk in there. Just, it's all kinds of things. Jed Hoyer said, look, man, the pitching sucked. That's why the Cubs suck. The pitching sucks. I don't know if that's true, but it might be true. Okay. You saw the Chicago (laughs) Bulls come out, put a whooping, I mean, a thumping, a 40-point. I know it's preseason. I do. I know it's preseason. But, boy, they jumped all over Cleveland and their Cavaliers. It was ridiculous. Candace Parker is taking the sky to the NBA, WNBA finals. She might take them to the NBA finals. I don't know. She's just that amazing. Mike, I'm going out and getting me some Candace Parker one shoes. And the story. Dude, I think she wears a bigger shoe size than I do. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's 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 amazing. <laughs> but the one thing, bro, the one thing we have to talk about is um look, man, uh the White Sox look horrible. Horrible. If you Bobby didn't see it, stop. <laughs> the Astros jumped all over the White Sox six to one. It wasn't even a competition. It was uh, Jay, when you run your start out there, your starting pitcher gets jumped on. When he gets run out the game, you're in Houston. I, Houston is the one team that the White Sox could lose against. Like this, by the end of the weekend, this is the reality that could happen, Jay. The Bears could have lost, and the White Sox could definitely be on the road to leaving the playoff even field. What in the Sam Skippy is going on with Chicago White Sox pitching, catching, hitting, everything? Where is it? Where'd it go? You, you, you hit it. You hit it off the top of the head. Big game pitchers pitch big in big games. And you had Lance Lynn go out here and kick it up there with his left foot. I might he he might as well have been kicking a one of those blow-up beach balls up to the plate because the Houston Astros were just teeing off, getting people on base, and really, it was over. It was oh, it was one nothing. You were like, mm, I don't know. And then by the time I got from my parking lot of my place where I live, took the elevator to the second floor, <laughs> okay, got up there and got back in the house, it was three. <laughs> they were down two more runs. It just wasn't pretty. I just don't know. Look, here's the thing about the White Sox. We all know this to be true. White Sox look great against teams who are sub-500, but they don't look good at all against teams who are plus 500, and the Astros are just the opposite. We're looking at this is what a front runner looks like in a bad division, and this is what a really good baseball team in the Houston Astros look great, even though they're not out there beating and banging on the garbage cans. You know, let's look at it. Even though they don't have the garbage pan, the pails or the pans to really set the tone. But you have to think for the last four years, the Houston Astros have been in the race. They have been even to the ALDS, the ALCS. They have been there for four years. 
Now, what do you do against them? And then you've got on the back end, you've got a strong Red Sox club, which the Sox did struggle with this season. You also have a 100-win mm -hmm. Dodger club, and they didn't even win their division. They lost their division by one game. Yeah. This, this is no joke. I don't know what Tommy Lasorda does to right this ship, but you better start and do it quick because if not, the last thing you want to do if you're the White Sox is being a 2-0 hole going and just hoping you can get salvage one at home. I know they look good at well, the, guarantee rate field, but this is ridiculous. Well, the biggest problem was you had Lance Lynn out there challenging a fastball hitting team with fastballs. He threw 94% of his pitches were fastballs to the Astros who sit dead red. We don't own a curveball. We don't have, we don't, we don't own any of those. Because after you start getting shellacked, this was the most. Let me read this stat correctly, right? Okay. He had the highest fastball rate by any starting pitcher in a playoff game in the pitch tracking era since 2008. Nobody's done. Nobody just thrown fastballs up here. He's he's pitching like it's 1938 when he, when you couldn't throw a curveball. It was against the rules to throw a curveball. That's why Babe Ruth and them were tearing the cover off the box. They never had to see a curve. So here you got here you got this guy up here. I'm just going here. Here you go. 95 down the middle. Hit that. Okay. You might as well put the ball on the tee. You know, I, I expect this next pitching performance to be a lot better because I'm assuming the next starter will actually know how to throw a curveball. Well, let's look at what the Astros did on their side. You shut down Tim Anderson. You shut down uh, Luis Robert. Uh, I, it just seemed like nobody came to hit for the Sox. Nobody, I, maybe the Sox. Maybe this is what happened. Maybe they got to Houston. They partied a little bit too much. They were chilling. Maybe they were in the hotel too long. I don't know. Maybe they just weren't ready, Jay. I'll say it that. Way. You know the issue. The issue I think it is that you can't come in here and say I'm going to slug with this with this uh, Red Sox. With this, not the Red Sox. With the Houston Astros. You got to come up here. You got to manufacture some runs. Let's can we can I know we don't bunt, but let's try something. Let's try. Let's try to drop a bunt down. Let's get. Let's see what we can do. Let's start taking some pitches. Even though the the the, the Houston Astros pitcher had a great curveball and he had a, a a pitch. I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was a slurve or what it was, but it was moving from six to three on those right hand hitters, and that thing was moving. And the White Sox didn't have an answer for it. They were just watching that thing hook into the plate. It's one of these situations you got to try to manufacture runs. You got to take um, these pitches deep into counts. There's one thing that the White Sox should be better at. They're going to need to be better at because the Houston Astros are not going to beat themselves. They are super aggressive. That on one play, I want to say what Alvarez scored from third on a hard hit ground ball to third place, but he knew the third baseman was going to have to spin and throw to the plate and he attacked. Great base running. Great base running mm -hmm. from the Astros, and you have to match that type of effort and that type of knowledge of baseball to be able to manufacture some runs. I'm looking at the Chicago White Sox. They've been living on a prayer all year long. 
Now we're going to see if this prayer is going to be answered because if they don't change what they're doing right now, this is going to be a sweep. Let me say this. Uh, Louis Robert, if you're going to run, if you're going to steal early in the game, if you're going to steal base, make sure you get there. Get home. Make sure I don't know who sent him. Get there. But get, get there. there. Come on. That's all you have to do. Get there. Get there. But we'll yeah. talk about well, somebody not, who yeah. is getting there. <laughs> Candace Parker, Chicago Sky. CP, are you with me? Oh, yeah. I was just talking about Candace. It ain't going nowhere. All right. So the whole world knows that I have great love and admiration for Candace Parker. She is the phenom of phenoms. She is like the Wakandan version of all basketball players in the world. Yeah, okay, maybe uh, a little bit too far. Okay, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love Candace Parker. I love her. I, okay. So before I go all Candace Parker, because it was not all Candace Parker. She had the new recital. She had the new, uh, what's what's that order you have to sign when people are harassing you? Uh, no, she does not have a order. restraining order. I, I don't stalk her. I mean, maybe, you know, online, but not, you know, I don't stalk her, stalk. I'm just saying that she's great. And anyway, I'm saying the rest of the Chicago Sky was great, too. They were getting into their defensive team, one of the best defensive teams in the WNBA. They were shooting them out of the gym. They stretched the game out. This was never really a series. Even when they evened and, and they came back and won a game, the Chicago Sky did their thing. And again, I don't understand one thing about the whole thing. It was not cold enough the other day for Chance the Rapper to have on a mohair sweater. I don't know where he was going with that sweater on at the Sky Game, but please, sir, please, wear the appropriate things. I, I don't think you wear that kind of sweater to a, a basketball game. Maybe, I really don't. Maybe it was cold indoors, you know. But, you know, you, you, you see older people out with sweaters on and uh, – uh, <laughs> ride around the car in the summertime, and it's not because they know the air conditioning is gonna be on. So maybe Chance is just like you know, maybe maybe that's that's the mohair sweater out of his collection, and he wants to get an early start for the fall uh, fashion scene. You know, Coachella's coming. You know, then they had the big gala, the Met Gala thing. Maybe that was his thing. You know, where people dress up and have on meat suits and stuff like that. Maybe that was him putting on that. You know, wait, wait, time out. He's a forward fashionable type of guy. Did you see? Sierra's dress at the Met Gala. Just want to have a moment of appreciation and silence. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah. Russell Wilson, last night you broke my heart because I have you in two of my fantasy leagues. And I yeah. I was pulling oh, for you. I was big. I was Russell. Will I was team Russ all the way. And and you have effectively helped me lose both of my leagues, dog. Because there's no way with 10 points at your QB position, I can win these. I, yeah. Whew. I knew I should have. He, he, he needs to find him another place. He, 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 need, he needs to go Tom Brady on us. He, he needs to get on the move. You know. He, he needs to go. Because he's really. He's really been Matthew Stafford just with a championship. Oh, 
Wow. I hadn't even thought about that. Because, look, man, I was going to yeah. ask you, <laughs> is it time for Ru I mean, we it was a lot of talk in Chicago. And before the Justin Fields yeah. um, blessing, we didn't know what the QB position was going to look like in Chicago. But I think right. it was too much right. smoke. It was too much smoke early in the summer for that just to be a non-starter. I think Absolutely. that Russ was saying, look, dog, and, and it would be a good look. I mean, it would be a good look everywhere. Probably be a good look for him in Atlanta, especially with the connections his wife has to Atlanta. I'm just saying, is it time for Russ to come over to the NFC or just leave Seattle, period? Well, I think it's time for him to leave Seattle. I think that that dog is barking as much as sweet. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Seattle is anything of what it used to be when it was a legion of boom over there. Um, when you didn't have Marshawn Lynch anymore, you see Richard Sherman still running around the league trying to jump in. Uh, trying. He's, down, he's down there with Tampa Bay. Man, he's at Tampa Trying Bay. to, but you know, <laughs> you know, hey, he just tried to, he just tried to get a ring. I, I don't, hey, and a tech, and y'all don't snooze on Tampa Bay. Now y'all, wait till they get healthy. They'll be back. Don't worry about it. But, um, Richard, when, <laughs> when you, uh, when you look at a, a Seattle Seahawks, um, football team you've got the oldest head coach in the league still there right he's been there for a long time right now well after a while the usc rah 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 plays old after a while mm -hmm. and i think you just don't have but the team has been relatively good riding on their quarterback for a long period of time all of a sudden you don't go out and get the the playmakers that you need to get and if you look at the seahawks right now it's like man who are they? What identity do they really have? Because if, if they don't have Russell Wilson, if Russell, you take Russell Wilson out of the equation, you look at that and go, okay, they don't really have a chance to win a ball game. So that's the issue right now with Russell Wilson. And, you know, but as long as they're cashing checks, he's good to go. And, you know, and the one is making money. So, you know, you know, you know but it'd have been nice. It'd have been, it'd have been nice to see them in Chicago Bears uniform. So doubt about that. It really would. They have the two premier receivers in the league. You got Lockett and DJ Metcalf. But when Chris Carson said when he was out and their line is still iffy and they don't have a solid tight end. I Not mean, enough. This is there, but Not enough. they don't have enough to really. Right now, when it comes to Russ, I, I hate to say it, but look, man, I would have loved to have seen him in a Bears uniform. I would have loved to have seen him. But maybe yeah, but, he would have gotten the same. He would have gotten the Justin Fields treatment from Cleveland from the Bears. And, and I believe that too. I think I think part of that was looking at this offensive line, which was still, you know, we still can't get that figured out. And he would have been like, "Oh, I, well, maybe my offensive line is a little bit better than this one." And that's, you know, that's not saying much. Right. So and, and no and no and no and no uh, disparaging comments toward those offensive linemen for the Bears per person, nothing like that. It's just relative to the other offensive lines in the NFL. The numbers tell the truth, and the Bears have just been subpar in the NFL for the last decade plus. But the crazy part is I really don't see a real clear path for him to go into. The only place that I could see that would be a clear path for him to go would probably be Miami. And I know they're holding on to hope with Tua, but I don't think they really are holding on with hope with Tua. I think they know this Tua thing right. is not going to work. And you're not getting rid... Nobody's talking about the elephant in the room, which is Deshaun Watson. I mean, just 
just sitting there. Like this is wait. the most ridiculous. Wait for what? Jay? Ain't gonna play. Ain't gonna ain't gonna play this year. Shaw Watson ain't gonna play this year. They're gonna pay him, but he ain't gonna play this year. Next year, once they see what this this, this political this a political thing, this legal thing is gonna do, because they really just don't want the political backlash, um, and 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 they just don't want it. So that's why they're going to sit him out where he is, and they're just going to wait. Then they're going to hit him with the uh, with the morals clause, you know. And they're going to probably try to go back and recoup some money back. Mm, see that people don't see that one coming, mm-hmm. you know. That you did these things and you knew you were doing these things, and now we're going to go back here and see. We and I don't know with the collective bargaining agreement if they're going to be able to to do something like that. But there is a very strong morals clause in here. And we just have to see what's going to happen. But I don't think if he sees the field this year, I'm going to be very, very surprised if he sees the field this year. Well, you know, let's transition to that. That's a good segue over to the next segment, which is the WNBA, the NBA getting ready. WNBA is closing. The NBA is starting. The Bulls look good. But before we can even get to any of the Bulls talk, Look, man, we got players out there defrauding the legal system for the NBA. We got a new top 75 that most of the old men are going to get kicked out of. We don't know where Shaq is going to fall in the top 75 or Allen Iverson. And even if they try and put oh, in yeah, yeah. Uh, Derrick Rose, be like, well, you know, Derrick Rose, had he not gotten hurt, would have been at least top 80. But, okay, you, what's this Ben Simmons thing to you? Because right now, now it's just, it smacks of somebody being greedy. You try, I, there was a report this morning that the Blazers turned down a trade with the 76ers where they wanted three first round picks and they wanted three first round pick swaps for Ben Simmons, someone who doesn't shoot. Um, he's a good passer, but he doesn't do anything else. So, Jay. How is this Ben Simmons thing going to end? He's a Ferrari with a Yugo engine. You know what I'm saying? And you're hoping that you're still going to help people don't open up the hood and look underneath and see what's inside. Mm-hmm. You know, here is the problem with Ben Simmons, I do believe, is that where is the work ethic to get this jumper fixed? Because that's what's really holding him back. And then you have a guy who is so afraid to make a mistake now that he would not even shoot it openly up uh, <laughs> at the end of the season there near the playoff. He wouldn't even shoot it openly up. He passed out, and he was standing right there and could have shot an open layup. That's how much this whole situation is in his head. And I believe that he is one of these guys who so much hope so much pressure was put on him from the beginning because he was the second coming, this 6'10 point guard, guy, guard. He was just going to, re, you know, revolutionize the game. And all of a sudden, they looked underneath the hood and go, oh, he can't do this. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do him like Giannis and we're going to just step back eight feet off of him and go ahead and shoot that jumper. And now he won't shoot it. You know, he won't shoot it, but where is the work ethic? He should have been down there asleep on Clay Thompson's porch while he was coming back and, and, and coming back. And I don't know if they have any form of rapport, but I would have got rapport 
And Otto would have been down there with Clay when he was trying to come back. And Clay was probably putting up 10,000 shots a day, probably coming back, getting ready to go. I would have found some kind of way to be sitting down there with Clay. And I'd have been watching how he was shooting. He's got to get it fixed. Now, on the other side of this, you're looking to see can they bamboozle these other teams to take him um, and see if they can fix it. And I think right now the teams are saying, yeah, we think that we think he's broke and we think it's going to be too much too much to try to put a Ferrari engine inside of that because Ferrari engines are very expensive. We don't want to spend the money, you know? So I, I just, I think that's what the whole issue is with him right now. Uh, the 76 is better to do something because at some point in time, you're going to have to roll him right back out there. Yeah. It's become a bad situation and it's almost untenable. And when you look at the situation right now, you've got Ben Simmons there. You could have gotten some assets for him, but you yep. sat on him. And you know you decide you're gonna do your your Houston Rocket thing, it's but too late. the difference is he's not James Harden. I mean, if it's James Harden, yes, I'm giving you first three first, and and I'm swapping you because we're gonna be at the you're gonna those first three are gonna be second rounders anyway. Yeah, because with yep. James Harden, you know you're a contender. You know what you yep. can do. But yo, let me ask you this really quick. Is your man Kyrie crazy, or is it just me? I mean, because I'm at this point, I'm over it, dog. I am, I am fully over Kyrie and his foolery. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm just, I'm over the whole drama with Kyrie. Get vaccinated. Don't get vaccinated. Go do Uncle Drew Part Two. I don't care what you do. I'm just tired of you, and I, I need not to see. If I'm Sean Marks, I would say to his people, I need not to see you anymore in my office. Here, here's the thing that's going on with this. It's too much money-itis. I ain't got to play no more. I, I really don't have to. He wouldn't have been saying this if it was his second year in the league. He wouldn't got that shot when I then balled out. Mm. But <laughs> right Ask now. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, you go ahead. Right. I don't feel my body is mine. I, I feel like they are forcing my body to make decisions that will benefit my wallet. Absolutely. So now... You got a guy who just got enough money. He ain't got to play. <laughs> Man, I don't feel like doing it. I'm just, well, well, what? All right. You know what? Halfway through the season, y'all call me up. I think y'all come out. Uh, you know, well, yeah. he don't have to be here. And so we, I don't think he really wants to play, to tell you the honest truth. I do think he got contract. You know, and if, oh, I can sign up for some more millions. I'll keep playing because that's what I do. But it ain't really in my heart to play. Mm -hmm. Now, if you got to, my, my whole thing about any of these guys who won't take the shot, please articulate to me why you won't. And I don't want to hear because I, I don't want to hear one thing about because I don't want to be forced to do something that's my body. I don't want to hear that. Give me, give me some specifics. What does the shot do to you that you have knowledge of that the rest of the, of the free world doesn't have knowledge of other than people who don't believe January 6th that the Capitol got stormed? I'm just saying at this point, if you've done all this research and again, now these are people who were not scholars in school. You're not, you don't have a Absolutely. science background. So what research did Man. you actually do? What do you know about the compounds? What do you know about any of the serum that's in you? And what has Nothing. it done to you that you say, I know how this affects me. Um, and shout out to my man. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people we've lost from COVID and it keeps, it keeps packing and it keeps packing, but shout out to my man, Paris and his family. God bless you during your time of bereavement. 
it's just one of these things, man, where at this point, it's ludicrous, asinine, and ridiculous. It's all of them wrapped together. Now, if you don't want to get the shot, yeah. stay home. Just say, you know what? I'll forfeit this year because I'm not getting the shot. That's fine. Absolutely. But this this playing these little it's, games, I can't come, and then we're supposed to move practice facilities because I can't get vaccinated. No, no sir. No, not going to do it. See, and here, here's the whole thing about that, exactly what you just said. If you don't want to get the shot, stay home. If you don't want to get the shot, don't get on a plane. If you don't want the shot, don't go eat at a restaurant. They won't let you in. Don't complain about it. Because here's the thing about all of you all who are you're not shot people. It is your choice. But you took shots as a kid and you had nothing to do with that that you had to take or you weren't going to be able to get in school. There are shots in the United States that you have to take. Or you, you're going to get them regardless. You got shots as a baby. Remember all those shots that you got as a baby? They won't even let you out the hospital without those shots. So you got to get shots. If the, if the government says so, that's what happened. Now, I don't want the government telling me that. Well, okay, go somewhere else if that's what you don't want to do. It is your right not to get this shot. I'm not saying that you have to get it, but I'm also saying I don't want to hear you complain about it because you have not told me yet why you don't want to get it. And if it's just more because it's my body, it's my right. Come on now. Did that mean to me if you're saying that, you don't have a legitimate reason. Mm -hmm. You've been watching YouTube videos. And you and the question is, does anybody ask? I could be making these YouTube videos talking about don't get the shot because this coronavirus on this package label back here and they're using baby embryos and every other type of thing. Really? You don't think anybody looked at the back? You think you're the first one who read that label? Really? You I mean, seriously, you think you're the one that figured out Lysol kills coronavirus because it has it on the label? Yeah, it didn't say the, the nouveau coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Come on. And it doesn't say that these things can't mutate and change. And when we talk about mutation and change, we're talking about the Chicago Bulls. We're talking about wow. change. We're talking about a breath of fresh air. It was so good, I had to do it. We were right at that point where if we kept talking about this situation, I was going to go and pimp slap somebody, and it was probably going to be Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I just I got tired of it. But I like that the Bulls had pimp slapped somebody. And I finally, since... Since the Jordan era, I finally see a plan. Because I didn't even see it with, I didn't see it with Derek. I mean, I knew Tom Thibodeau had a plan, but I didn't see how that plan worked across the organization. Because I didn't see Pax being on board with what Fibs was doing. And I saw it was Fibs and the team versus management and ownership. And it just became one untenable mess. And it only lasted five years. You had no plan when it was Ben Gordon, uh, Kurt Heinrich, and Luau Day. You just threw them out there and pretty much ran them until they died. That was that was your plan. Okay. So, yeah, you get Derek, and you pretty much have the same plan. Like, yeah, this is – honestly, if Derek had been healthy, the Bulls would have another championship. I believe that in my heart. I don't – I don't – Doubt that. I believe that at some point, if they had overcome Cleveland or even the remade um, Miami Heat team with the big three, I think the Bulls with a healthy Derrick Rose, fully healthy, would have been able to attack them and gotten them. We saw 
what they were able to do. And they had limited talent. I mean, you had, really, you had, had AAU players out there when it comes to professionals. I mean, uh, I mean that squad, the bench mob was cool, but uh, wasn't nobody trying to sign them. I mean, you know, you had Derek and Joe Kim. And who else was on that team? Derek, Joe Kim, Carlos yeah, Boozer. Well, it, you had Boozer. Yeah. <laughs> and what? You know. Um, <laughs> Come on, Joe. Get it, Joe. Here, here's the thing. And you're exactly correct about the 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 lottery. Uh, they were just as surprised as anybody else who hit the lottery for 10 mm -hmm. million. Well, what? We got Derek Rose. And like you said, it wasn't a plan for that. However, what we see today, when you saw last year and players from the former regime were summarily kicked out, sit packing other places, they were just sending people to other places. Like, well, ooh, this is going to be – here's the funny part about this Chicago Bulls team. Are they really the Chicago Bulls? <laughs> <laughs> they don't feel like the Chicago Bulls. They feel like everybody else's players are playing in the Chicago Bulls jersey. I don't feel – I don't feel like, oh, the Bulls are playing. Because I looked at, the, I turned on the game. I'm like, oh, I don't know any of these people. The only yeah. one I know is Zach Levine. What's crazy, they got like ringers. This is like yeah. that team that shows up at the, the Y. Mm -hmm. and, and the dude shows up with the team with all ex-pros. And you show up with your homeboy from next door. Yeah. Or, or the guy who's the milk delivery man. And they're all like 5'8", and this dude showed up with like a 6'11 center. And you're just like, this is I, – I don't even think this is right. That's what this Bulls team feels like. Yeah, yeah It just it, feels it, like you don't even know who – I'm still tripping. I can't get the ball, brother, on the Bulls. I just – Lonzo? I, I told you Lonzo is going to be nasty. He got a, he got a revamped jumper. And he and Zach Levine in the open court, they're going to be boogieing with the ball. The, the Bulls are going to be flying up the court now. Flying. You know because Lonzo Ball, what's that? We've never seen the Bulls do this before. We've never seen the Bulls be like a professional team and bring in fresh talent and revamp everything. The mm. closest you got was in the Jordan era when they brought in Rodman and you had Kukots in the background and then you started bringing in minor pieces, but you've never seen the Bulls bring in three starters. Like, they got three all-stars. Yeah, you got three all-stars, maybe four. You may have four. Maybe four on one team. You got four all-stars. I don't care what Shaq says. Yeah, it may not be a recipe. You the you you doing the Golden State thing, and it's not gonna win. Okay, whatever, dog. Let me get there. Let me feel at least give me some hope for my Bulls team. Now you've got one, two. You got and they're, you got your man. You're ten deep. You got Green Shoes, who once he comes back, um, leprechauns. No, 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 no. Only one person gets to wear the leprechauns, and he was wearing them game one of the preseason. That guy gets to wear the leprechauns. You, you, sir, 
be very tall leprechaun. You don't put the leprechauns on. Don't don't show up in the leprechaun. Dude, when I saw the man got injured, I fell out laughing. I was just like, Jay is never going. This boy just is nothing Patrick Williams can do now at this point for Jay. Dude, if he goes out here and goes out here and scores eight points with this squad. Here's the question. Does he start on this squad? They're going to need somebody at the four. But right now, the talk know, is like, you move DeRozan like, to the four and you bring Caruso in with that starting lineup. Yep. That's what I started looking at. Hey, uh, that's that certain guy from L.A. who, who, finally, who finally said, forget it. I'm going to cut all my hair off and still wear a headband. That guy, Mr. Caruso, uh, I I think that's what you're going to end up seeing is that you're going to get Caruso on the floor and with the real leprechaun shoes. And every time Patrick Williams come out, he go hit it with the shillelagh and tell him to go sit down. Dude, <laughs> sit down. They got a Jimmy Butler-like kid out on for the Bulls now. I mean, it's like Jimmy Butler's son is now playing for the Bulls. And you still got Kobe yeah. White who regardless of what you say, he's a mad shooter. He is he is the microwave in a new package. And he cut he's his He's the microwave. He, yeah. He, uh, yeah, finally, because I think I think it was leaning him off to the side, throwing the jump shot off. Look, you got this guy who is microwave junior. And I think bringing him in into the right situation, I don't know if Kobe White's your starting guard anywhere in the NBA. But, oh, is he your second team starting guard? Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because now he can come in and get you lit up. And he can run the floor. And I'm going to tell you what, he's going to be better with Lonzo Ball in the game. Because now you got guys who can just sprint. And Lonzo Ball is going to take it and put it on the floor and off he goes. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be fast-paced out here with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, again, I don't really know. I, I might just... I don't even know if we can really call them the Chicago Bulls. Mm -hmm. We we got we we got to be called them the Chicago Ringers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because none of these guys are really Bulls except for Zach Levine. Well, you know you the know? funny part uh, is when you saw Laurie Markkinen on the Cavaliers, you begin to understand what the problem was because the Bulls' defense did to Laurie Markkinen on another team what other teams had been doing to Laurie Markkinen in his time right. here at the Bulls. They just went right at it. They went right at him. Right. And there was nothing that I mean, I wasn't was there a play? I can't remember. Who was that that Lonzo stood up? He got switched off on one of the post players. And you were like, oh no, Lonzo's down there with a a, a, a footer. And Lonzo held my man up. And I was like, oh is yeah. Lonzo guarding the real. center? Yeah, you talk about guys who can switch all around right now. And Lonzo Ball is one of the better defenders because of his height and his strength. And his quick and, and he's a dog. And then here's the thing, too, which I really like about Chicago Bulls. They just brought in uh as, as a player development coach, Tyron uh Green, mm -hmm. who used to play for Billy Donovan back in 06 and 08. This guy has bounced around all over the European leagues. And I believe D Billy Donovan has brought him in to build up some grit 
to really build up some toughness. This is a guy who's had to fight and play all over. The, he played 14 seasons all over the place. And this where 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 your uh, where, where your per diem was Subway mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> and a, and a chicken sandwich. Yeah, with no that cookie. was your per diem for the day. With no cookies. All right. So you look at that a guy who is happy to be in the NBA as a coach, probably making more money now than what he was making overseas in some cases. And there's going to be a fight. There's going to be some dog put in there. Because why? The only way you're going to be able to produce and win in the East is that you're going to have to be able to battle. And the team up top, who are the biggest dogs in the yard in the NBA, are the Boston Celtics. And I think you see a Chicago Bulls team that – not the Boston Celtics. I mean the um, the Bucks, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think you're looking at a Chicago Bulls team who is being put together to beat the Chicago, to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what. So I just believe that the uh, Chicago Bulls are being made to compete with the Milwaukee Bucks because I believe that's the only team that they really have to outmuscle and hustle in the East. If they can compete with them, that's why you see the Bulls are going 10 deep right now. Um, and possibly if they can get two more players and go 12 deep, I think you're going to see the Bulls fight. And this is something we haven't seen in Chicago in a long time. Yeah, I think it's something revolutionary, something that I'm getting ready to enjoy. I'm going to sit down, grab my popcorn, and be ready to enjoy every bit of this ride. So, Jay, you know what it is. It's, it's parting is such sweet sorrow when we have to go and we have to let the people just be out. But we got to be out, and you got to be out. But you know who it is. You know who's in the building. He's Jay Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle. This is the Sizzle, the hottest talk in the 219. We are the talk of the 219, and we will see you, my friend, on the other side. Remember to look for our exclusive interview with Coach Angela Hamblin Blakely from the region. You know who only does it the way we do it, which is the Sizzle, right here on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Iron Skillet Sports. And remember to like, share, and subscribe to Iron Skillet Sports on YouTube at Iron Skillet Sports. Hey.